China is the largest mobile market on the planet. And yet, for many American and European companies, it's a complete mystery. How do you enter China? Or what can you learn from how Chinese people use apps? Today in Growth Masterminds, we're chatting with Muni Zhu, CEO of eTalk, which specializes in helping Western companies do business with and learn from China. Welcome to Growth Masterminds. Maybe give us a two-minute intro. Who are you and what have you done? Thanks, John. Thank you for the invitation. Um, my name is uh, Muni Zhu. So I am the co-founder and managing director of eTalk. So eTalk comes from e-commerce to China. We help international companies uh, to enter into the Chinese market or grow their e-commerce uh, business in China. So basically we focus only focus on the Chinese market and we only focus on their online, like e-commerce and digital marketing area. So me, myself, I am, uh, actually a Chinese, but I've been living in Germany for almost 15 years. So I work for, uh, many large German corporations. Um, I don't know if the audience actually know them, but they're very big and very famous in Germany, like Ayansov, Henkel, uh, and Chibol. And um, almost four years ago, I co-founded this company, actually, because I really want to be a bridge between, you know, the international markets, especially, of course, uh, where I live in now, Germany, Europe, and also the Chinese market to do something for the international companies and based on my uh, background and make good use of my background knowledge. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thanks for taking this time. Really do appreciate it. Uh, that is interesting, actually. 15 years in Germany. I'm guessing you're trilingual then, because I'm guessing obviously you speak Chinese, uh, Cantonese, or the other one. No, Chinese, Mandarin. <laughs> Mandarin, really good, excellent. Uh, but you probably speak German, and of course you're speaking English right now. That is not a small accomplishment. That is impressive. Once take a little bit of time, we're going to get into all kinds of stuff, influencer marketing in China, the fan economy, uh, key opinion consumers, social shopping, live streaming and social shopping. We'll talk about data privacy. We'll talk about some of the news restrictions on gaming time spent in China. And if you're going to expand to China, what you need to know and need to learn how you need to do it, all that stuff. Also what we can learn from China, but maybe let's start here, high level, top level. We know China's massive. Give us a sense of what that is, what that size is. Uh, the Chinese Chinese market transaction that volume is worth over five trillion US dollars every year, where most of the people, of course, doing their transactions online via e-commerce. I think it's over fifty percent of its volume. Uh, just to give you. To you in a perspective in the US and you, Europe, the number is only 15% and 12.8% respectively. You're based in Germany and I know that mobile payments hasn't really taken off there. I've talked to some of the 
marketers and developers of mobile apps there and like Flixbus, others like that. They offer uh, mobile payments for transit, for other things. And people prefer to buy it online or buy it in person than load it into the app. That sort of thing. They really haven't caught on. It's a little different in the U.S. perhaps and other places where there is a little bit more mobile commerce, but China is off the charts here. Give us a sense of what it's like when mobile payments is just normal. Yes, I probably can give you an example. Oh, maybe two like interesting personal examples. So I, I go back to China and I went to like lunch with a friend and at the end I want to pay, of course, and I uh, put out my cash and their, you know, their waitress look at me as if I'm from planet Mars, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> she was like really shocked. Oh cash how do i deal with cash actually because everybody's paying with, with their mobile so um it's really impressive actually and i remember in the 19s and when we were still a kid and living uh, in china we still have no you know television yet and uh, my family bought the first television and all the villages came and sitting in our living room and watch television with us so it was uh, such a poor country in the 90s still. And now it has transformed from a no-cash country to a cash-free country in just let's say, 30 years. So that was really, really impressive. Um, yes. So what, so what happened there? Did, did your friend pay or something like that? And then you reimbursed her? Or what, what did you do? Yes, I, um, well, uh, she paid and I transferred the money afterwards. Uh, I, I do have, of course, uh, WeChat payment and Alipay, those kind of payment tools. It's just, I, I got some cash and, but nowadays nobody use cash and just go out with your mobile phone. So. Yes. Yes. So another thing that is um, uniquely Chinese in some sense, but it may be coming here and we see some elements of it. Uh, we talk about influencer marketing, of course. There's a whole fan economy in China. Talk about what that is, what that looks like, what that feels like. Yeah, sure. So uh, there's a term which is called a fan circle, uh, which refers to a group of consumers dedicated to a celebrity, key opinion leaders, which is also like an influencer or some you know influential figure or group. And it is a force to be reckoned with in the current Chinese e-commerce market. The younger generation's willingness and ability to consume idols-related items are continuous growing. And it is estimated that in 2022, the Chinese idol market will reach 140 billion RMB. And Unlike the ordinary fans that we know, right, who passively accept the cultural influence, the fans in the fan circle call their way of expressing their love for their idols as support. So they strive to maintain and grow their idols' popularity, reputation, and business value. So the fans in the fan circle will frequently purchase like music albums, of course, or products endorsed by their idols, as well as actively and repeatedly generate posts and comments on social media. Mm -hmm. So um, this is actually really, really impressing how, you know, how much power the fan circle actually has. However, 
it is, um, it has been recently under constant fire by the central government um, for its vast influence and its ability for inciting social disorder because there were some incidents happened uh, caused by those kind of celebrities. I don't know if you have heard uh, Chris Wu, which is actually a Canadian Chinese uh, pop star and Zhao Wei and Zhen Shuang, they're all like top celebrities uh, in China. But then there was uh, some crime committed by those ones, uh, which caused very bad social influences. That's why recently, actually just very, very recently, probably last two weeks, the Cyborg Administration of China published an official notice cracking down the fan circle social phenomenon. So um, I'm actually quite curious how this fan economy is developing in the future. Well, it is interesting, and we were going to talk about it later, but it's just kind of relevant right now. Uh, there is a very different role that the Chinese government plays, obviously, in China than you might expect in Germany, United States, a Western country. Um, far more control, obviously. They've recently introduced new privacy uh, regulation, CARE, I believe, C-A-I-R. They've also limited the amount of time that kids who are in school can spend gaming. And 10 cents stock dropped like 2%, 3% on the news. So this is a big, big difference here. And dealing with the government is something that you have to do in China that you don't have to do as much in the West, correct? Exactly. You're absolutely right. Actually, I got asked quite frequently about this question. Uh, because um, doing business in China is not easy and data and privacy protection is, of course, a very uh, sensitive issue and especially their personal related data and everything and their government's influence and control regulation uh, over those kind of companies actually recently happened to those tech companies causing their stock market, you know, very turbulent. So uh, exactly, I think the, uh, let's say the influence and the control of the government is definitely way more than in what we know, of course, mm -hmm. in, in Germany or in the United States, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think, um, let's say the, the, the difference is that um, the government um, has a very, let's say, centralized idea of how life should look like. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they try to in intervene and influence a lot on that. Yeah. But, um, definitely there's some improvements of the data and uh, privacy protection, especially now uh, China has signed uh, the agreement with Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership, right, with 14 other countries in Asia. And this agreement uh, mandates the adoption of data protection in line with international standards. So there are definitely some improvement there. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about social shopping and live streaming uh, because that is also a uniquely Chinese phenomenon where you get a live streamer, often a some uh, minor celebrity or online celebrity, but not always necessarily 
who is essentially selling a product. It's kind of like the home shopping network on social media. Uh, talk about that, how that, what that looks like, how that works. Yes, uh, I think live streaming is becoming a phenomenal shopping experience and very unique actually in China, started just several years ago. So it builds, of course, a real-time interactive shopping experience. It's, um, I often explain it to my clients that it's similar to a TV shopping, but it's, of course, way beyond that, right? Yes. So during the live streaming, the host introduces the products, demonstrates their use, and explains their functionalities while, of course, you know, promoting this kind of product. For example, if you want to sell a pan through live streaming, the host may use the pan to cook a dish live, to demonstrate all its functions and to show the product quality. And uh, to sell lipstick, for example, hosts <laughs> may use the products on themselves and to demonstrate some visual effects uh, so that the consumers may get more information on the product in a much more vivid way. Actually, um, one of the biggest live streamer got um, famous because of selling the lipsticks. He's called actually the Lipstick King. Oh, really? So, yes, yes. So his name is Austin Lee. He's one of the biggest um, uh, like live streaming hosts. He actually had a competition with Jack Ma, which is the founder of Alibaba, who can sell more lipsticks online. It's very good. Live streaming, which was very interesting, actually. Who won? <laughs> uh, of course, Austin Lee, I think. Uh, you know how Jack Ma looked like? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> he, I think he didn't have a chance. Yes. So, um, wow. Actually, live streaming is very entertaining uh, because also the consumers can, you know, interact with the hosts uh, during their live streaming through the chat. You know, so the, those interactions will also constantly show up on the screen so that everybody can see it. And often the comments are very interesting or very funny. And the hosts shall, you know, respond verbally to those mm -hmm. interactions in real time. Mm -hmm. So um, I think there are way too many choices because China is such a huge market, right? So... Everybody finds this market interesting. Every brand wants to sell in China. And there are so many uh, like options for the Chinese consumers. And the consumers are getting lazy, let's say. So they do not want to go to like um, internet and search for their products. They want the product be presented to them actively. And live streaming is way easier. So, and uh, while their shopping is getting interesting, entertaining, and interactive, that's why live streaming is so popular in China. What does discovery look like there? Because, like, how do you choose which live stream to follow? Now, maybe you follow certain people on various social channels. Do you just see what happens to come to you based on who you follow? Or do you do some searching? You know, I'm interested in a new laptop or maybe a new phone uh, or something like that. Do you, do you search for that or does it just come to you and whatever comes you see? What's the consumer experience? Yeah, I think that's um, like different kind of aspects uh, play in these choices, let's say. So there are um, big 
care wells or hosts, right? Live streamers, like everybody know, and they often get millions of uh, followers. And uh, when they have live streaming and everybody go watch it, because they also get very exclusive discounts with the brands they cover with. So it's not only I go there, discover the products, but also I get very good deals. Okay. So that's why um, following those bigger uh, KOLs or live streamers uh, is also kind of a smart purchase decision. So that's why they're so popular and uh, become even more popular. And nowadays, internet, you know, knows actually your preferences, right? So your search, um, (laughs) search results and everything, everything, every content that you see is personalized and pushed to you actually. And of course, Alibaba and Tencent, all all the other players knows how the algorithm, how their consumer shopping behavior looks like. Mm -hmm. And they keep pushing very relevant content, uh, opening according to your interests. Yes. So want to get into two sort of related aspects here, uh, learning about China. One is if you want to expand to China and the other is if you want to learn from China, let's start with the first one. If you want to expand to China and come into China with your game, with your app, with your e-commerce solution, whatever it might be, what do you need to know? Um, actually, uh, as you probably already know, like Google, Google, YouTube, Facebook have one thing in common, right? In China, they are all blocked. They are all banned. So by the great firewall, however, the Chinese consumers are not missing out on, uh, any of those, uh, amazing functionalities because China has built its own digital landscape with uh, big players like Alibaba, Tencent, and Baidu providing similar services. So for example, in the West, um, besides Amazon, um, Webshop, you know, Webshop is very common and successful e-commerce solution. However, in China, e-commerce is dominated by marketplaces. Mm-hmm. So you, if you want to sell on uh, in, in China, you have to go to the marketplaces like Tmall, JD, and Pinduoduo, which together all these three big players will make up ninety percent of their e-commerce market. So, and also like um, one very important difference is that um, in the West, uh, online stores are connected to an index, of course, by by Google, right? So if you want to search for a product. I often go to Google and search for, I don't know, a phone that I want to buy. And then every uh, shopping results related will show up on Google. However, uh, if you go to the equivalent search engine in China, like Baidu, which is also over 90% of the market share. So um, you will not find those uh, shopping results. So it's actually... um, uh, let's say, um, designed like this by Alibaba. So they do not want to get indexed by Baidu. So they want to kind of force their consumers to go to their own platform to search there. Wow. So when you search for products, you just go to directly to Alibaba or JD or Pinduoduo or whatever those platforms. You do not go to search engine. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And also maybe a little bit about the Chinese consumers, which is also very interesting. Um, they are 
extremely, extremely uh, digital savvy. So um, Chinese consumers spend an average of six hours on internet per day. And they are very open to new ideas and concepts. So if you have something new and brilliant, so don't afraid to go to the Chinese market because people would like to try out new things. Okay. And um, everybody uses internet, actually. Even my grandma often buy things online. So I think that's uh, kind of uh, weird in the Western world because the older generation, they're not so friendly with their with with internet with digital solutions but in china it's totally different and um, especially actually after the pandemic the number of elderly consumers has increased significantly because they have to shop food online mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well right. now if you want to learn from china if we want to take lessons from china whether that's e-commerce whether that's games whether that's other types of apps and mobile experiences what's most applicable about the way china uses technology for the west yes um there are some let's say uh development there like the impact of 5g the mobile payments the mobile services and everything right uh, makes china actually now um ahead of a lot of countries in those aspects um by the end of 2020 actually 1.2 billion people subscribed to mobile services in china so, which is almost 83% of uh, this region's population. And uh, this is, of course, uh, placed China as the world's most developed uh, mobile markets, right? And um, more than 990 million people in China now use mobile internet services. And this figure expects to grow a further 200 million by 2025. So um, during the COVID-19 pandemic, or actually in China, it's actually post-COVID-19 already, uh, there's a shift of focus on the health and uh, livelihoods of individuals and communities. And uh, because of the social distancing uh, measures um, implemented, so people actually want to stay even more connected with each other. And uh, a lot of people, but at the same time, you have to, you know, stay connected in a safe way. And those kind of technologies and services provided by mobile helped a lot, right? And um, this is actually one of the most remarkable contributions of the mobile connectivity in China. Across China, mobile networks and 5G in particular has uh, supported the frontline healthcare efforts to storm the rate of the infections while also enabling remote business uh, operations to comply with social distancing rules. So uh, the pandemic has actually presented a test platform for a wide range of 5G-enabled solutions and um, this, of course, is something uh, what China did especially well during this time. 
And unlike like, you know, the, the Western countries, as I mentioned before, uh, the Facebook, Google and everything, Amazon, they're, you know, individual uh, technology platforms and the kind of world gardens. But in China, uh, it's called actually, you know, ecosystems. So if you yep. go to the Alibaba ecosystem or Tencent ecosystem, when you are within one of those ecosystems, you can search, you can social, you can commerce, logistic, payments, et cetera. They are all seamlessly blended together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think this kind of system um, is more advanced than individual platforms or technologies. That's anticipated. What does that mean for your social profile um, in China? Is your social profile um, sort of segmented into each of those ecosystems? Um, or, or is there connectivity between them? So you have like a, a continuity of friend graph and other things between those ecosystems? Um, actually, to be honest, I think those ecosystems, uh, they... Um, kept themselves separated from each other, mm -hmm. but of course also connected in a way, right? So eco the ecosystems are huge. So they build their ecosystem with every service that you, your life will need. And uh, they try to keep you there in their own ecosystem. Because mm. uh, it's solidly enough that you stay in one ecosystem. However, of course you are, um, your, your profile is in different ecosystems. For example, you cannot, uh, I think I, I know nobody who do not shop on Tmall, which is Alibaba ecosystem. And I also do not know anybody who do not use WeChat, right? Yes. Which is the Tencent ecosystem. The both systems, they are kind of in a competition. So that's why they want to expand their own ecosystem and uh, separate from each other. However, uh, of course, uh, they're kind of connected. And inside of one ecosystem, you will have actually a, uh, let's say, Alibaba calls it a unified ID. So you will get recognized everywhere you go inside of this ecosystem, that, which makes their targeting, uh, communication, and marketing way more precise. Right. Interesting. Um, as we deal with more and more data privacy issues, especially on iOS, but also on Android in the West, uh, we can only assume that, uh, and Amazon would love to have a similar ecosystem, <laughs> all your yep. central, uh, all your news, um, all your products, all your shopping, all on the Amazon ecosystem and Facebook would like the same and Google would like the same and others <laughs> as well. Uh, Mooney, I do appreciate your time. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you very much, John. I had fun. Thank you.